0: Welcome to co Host episode one sixty-three. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always.
1: Savior of the Blue Star, David McBurney, if I want to ask
2: And currently keeping an ear out just because, just in case the world's cutest co host in the other room decides to wake up, Michael yes. Baker, I no guitar. And, and it, because a certain little someone is uh, running warmer than her nursery school likes to have them.
1: Ah, oh, uh, that makes man. sense. I can see why they would be careful, given the situation.
2: No, but I mean, it's also uh, a running issue with American and Japanese doctors having a different idea of what is actually average human temperature. Oh. And, cool. and my daughter regularly runs r- around 99 Fahrenheit, mm. which is above the nursery school's usual Celsius temperature of 37 degrees at which point they tell the parents to take her home
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so um, they actually they're actually giving us a little more leeway now because they realize that um, anything under 37.5 for her is probably not a problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just that she tends to yo-yo up and down between 36.8 and (laughs) 37.7 like today so I got to take her home early oh boy and I'm not quite sure how this is going to work out at the start of next month when my actual job actually starts actually happening again. Actually.
1: So, actually. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to have you back. Yep. Yes. Was well, last I was, week I was, was around my
2: last week, too. It's just somebody didn't notice I was there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was not glued in. Well, I wasn't even sure if you were having it last Tuesday because I thought maybe you were having it last Friday.
1: Yeah. Okay, but that's sorted now. We understand. Yes.
0: yes, my brain is not always functioning at peak performance.
1: Especially when you're reaching a point where you're naming an episode, uh, title goes here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, sometimes I just don't have anything funny or punny or even stupid to put there, and it's just like, okay.
1: There's nothing, cr- there's no it. media franchise currently eating your brain.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, there's Minecraft, but I don't really have anything for you that.
1: You don't. And you can't really do what I used to do at Japanemonium
2: and just decide, okay, random Japanese word, let's go.
0: Uh, I should just start doing, like, random French titles or something.
1: I did one of those ones, too. Nice. <laughs> Name the... it after the...
0: It wasn't random, it was uh,
2: Poisson d'Avril, and I opened it up with a talk about, monologue about sushi
1: name it after the greatest video game title ever Tama Adventurous Ball and Giddy Labyrinth
0: Is it? <laughs> <Okay.
1: sighs> listen it's a good name recommended hmm. it's available now for your Playstation and Sega Saturn if it's currently 1994 hmm. so now that we've got uh, that out of the way What have we been up to?
0: I had to play the Paw Patrol game.
1: I'm sorry, there's probably more than one of those, so you're going to have to be more specific.
0: Uh, There's only one on consoles.
1: Okay, which consoles? uh, (laughs)
0: Switch, X-Bone, PS4, and it is baby's first platformer.
1: I mean, that kind of makes sense given the license, let's be real.
0: Yes, which is good for my daughter who has been getting frustrated with other games, so it's perfect. She can just play that with minimal help, and she enjoys the hell out <laughs> of it, but I had to play it briefly, and it was the most boring thing of all time, and every level was the it's, same.
1: Is it 2D or 3D? I need to learn. It's 2D. I okay, mean, 3D, that's good for the 3D, one 3D one
0: graphics, one. 2D... Uh, yeah, 2.5. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it, that helps children <sighs> applet better. I can go
2: yeah, don't worry, she'll develop finer motor uh, motor controls soon and she can play better games. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: She actually plays Mario Maker on uh, 3DS which is nice. Well, not 3DS, yep. 2DS.
1: Yeah. Also uh, technically a 3DS game.
0: <laughs> yes, since the TV was occupied with Paw Patrol, my son and I tried out uh, Portal Knights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I've played a bit in the past. Is. So it's... Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically Minecraft-ish. There's
1: a lot of those going around. Yes,
0: except it's more (laughs) RPG-focused, so there's uh, like five different classes, like Rogue, Wizard, etc. And uh, unlike Minecraft, none of your equipment breaks. So, like, when you make a sword, that's that's a sword you can keep forever. You can only have to make one pickaxe. (laughs) And uh, so you warp around to like different islands because the world's like broken up or something so it's 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 more like quest and exploration focused. It's not less necessarily about like crafting a bunch of stuff and surviving because you also don't like lose it's, your items when you die. So it's kind of
1: It's an adventure game, not a survival game.
0: Right. And it's actually pretty fun and probably a good way to get my son into RPGs, but uh, it's pretty fun. Pretty cheap, and I you know it's pretty cool.
1: Available now. Yeah, it's it's
0: got it's it's got it's kind of the same appeal that like Dragon Quest Builders has. It's like here's a nice looking game that has those like Minecraft-y mechanics without just the obtuse absurdity that is Minecraft. Mm-hmm. So you can actually have some semblance of knowing what the hell you're doing. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It doesn't
1: involve a long list of charts about how to make a table.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everything's pretty easy to figure out. Uh, you don't really have to like build a house if you don't want to. Or anything Just like real Yes, houses suck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, over here had, um, pertaining to games played right now, had a small confession to make. The mm-hmm. um, about eight and a half years ago, I loaned a friend of mine my copy of Saga 2 for DS, and yeah. I never got it back. Mm. And so I've spent the last eight and a half years without that game, and I was, every once in a while I would think about it or see the game guide on my shelf and think, I need to play that again sometime, and then minute, I don't have it anymore. So I mm-hmm. feeling very guilty. So two Tuesdays ago, I just stopped by the video game store and thought, you know, what the heck, and uh, g- grabbed it.
1: Nice. And nice. And, it must be fairly cheap by now. <laughs>
2: uh nine hundred eighty yen. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's um up that's a uh, middle upper or upper middle range price for a used DS game at this point.
1: Yeah, given given its age, that's pretty impressive value holding, but still not too bad. Yeah, I mean it is pretty impressive value holding.
2: So um I wish I could say that I had beaten the final boss by now. <laughs> um but after it killed me for the second time last night. I decide, you know, I need to go back and make a few alterations, find a way of, um, or um, up my mutants hit points by another 100 or so, and figure out where I stashed all the really good weapons. (laughs) Because, um, yeah. I also kind of forgot that on the final stage of the DS final bosses battle, you have to be running at least one heal rod per turn. Mm -hmm. Before, I mean, even if you're not damaged yet, in order to you survive. will be by the time like it goes off. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's fast enough that he usually goes ahead of you, and you can only optimi- you can only realistically plan for all of your characters surviving one hit with this thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Most of mine could survive two hits, except for the mutant, which is why I'm trying to up her hit points by 100 to 200. Uh, so, uh, but yeah,
1: not constantly playing man down.
2: Yeah and uh, I mean there's no I mean there's no way to revive a character who is downed at this point in the game Yeah. I mean, there's only one way to do it in the entire game and the fifth character NPC who has that ability at the moment splits off and has to fight the other half of the final boss while you're doing the first half <laughs> until craziness happens and um, Wills do you remember um, did you ever actually get to this boss
0: uh, which boss?
2: Saga 2 DS.
0: Uh, pff, I don't think so, no.
2: Because I distinctly remember on the backtrack episode, you muted the call so that you wouldn't hear anything about it when we were I, discussing this time.
0: I, I did, but I, enough time has passed, we can just discuss it.
2: Okay, so you remember what the final boss for Final Fantasy Legend 2 was? Yes. So, yeah, it was in um, English, it was translated as the Arsenal. It was, uh, um, Japanese was the final defense platform, Alpha. And the idea was that you were destroying the Alpha platform and your friend, the goddess, was destroying the beta platform. And that's how, it, I mean, the first three stages of this battle more or less follow the original game's line until the two platforms switch places. And you're fighting the beta platform for a while which is fun. And then after you do enough damage, the two things decide to merge
0: Huh.
2: into what strongly resembles um, Kawazu's imagining of a Super Robot Wars mech.
1: Oh, I'm into it.
2: <laughs> and then just for fun, it tractor beams the goddess into its chest to use as a power source.
0: Nice.
1: Yes. Oh, I just thought that happened in the game I was playing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, Yeah, it puts out drones that prevent combo attacks, which you have to get rid of. And it's blasting the party with a double-powered version of its smasher attack (laughs) every round until you do enough damage somehow to it that it decides to power up for a super final attack. And you have to hit that thing for a crap load of damage in order to cancel the attack before it happens in four rounds. Because you're not going to survive. Yeah, Which is me. I'm remembering that, you know what? I probably should have brought the glass sword with me to put on somebody. Just because if you manage to do a combo attack with that thing, it does about 3,000 damage. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, If you played Romancing Saga 2 or 3, you might remember the special finishing move Final Strike. The one that destroys a weapon when you use it. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's what Glass Sword does if you got, get a combo attack on it. <laughs> Massive damage. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one game I've been playing. The other one's been Dandy Dungeon. <laughs> Which, um, if I ever get around to doing a review of this thing, I'm going to be peppering the review with every ab- term I could think of from studying absurdist literature in college. Because it really is. Um, absurdism in action but um, so fun example for a boss in this game um, see, mo- most of the boss, major bosses in this game are based on supposed real life characters that the programmer guy in the game is running into uh, working for his former company and they're all, they all decided to just pile on him and torment him Wow. In ways that wow. the chairman himself describes as monomaniacal, <laughs> but um, the first major boss is a sales representative lady for um, Empire Pharmaceuticals, the the company's drug branch, mm-hmm. and she's very very pushy with the um, with the helpful um, with the supplemental drugs, and um, she's also a not so closeted dominatrix. So her in-game boss version is in fact wearing red latex corsetry and evil lady sunglasses from a Tatsunoko anime. (laughs) That kind of character. (laughs) Even better, um, if you hit her with poison, uh, she will um, maybe take one or two points of damage and then go, ha ha ha, I guess you never heard of this I think it was Detox Z that her company produces and it's a great antidote for any poison and she would sell you some if they weren't fighting to the death right now and then right after that in parentheses, side effects may include drowsiness hmm. so she cures herself of poison and then she knocks herself out by accident for 5 to 10 rounds <laughs> yep yeah. And th- that's pretty standard for this game. <laughs> it's. Just, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps getting crazier. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Are you guys awake?
0: Yes. I'm trying, okay. I'm, I'm trying to. <sighs> I need to just play this game.
2: <laughs> Which Wait, game is this?
0: Dandy Dungeon. You said PSP. Which one? Dandy, oh, Dandy Dungeon? Dandy Dungeon? Yes.
2: Yes, you do. You do need to play this game. I mean, okay. I mean, the very first thing you see in this game is the title screen with a very obvious ripoff of the Dragon Quest logo um, hovering over Yamada-kun's apartment building. And then the screen kind of lowers down and the logo lowers with it and the tip of the sword goes through the roof of Yamada's apartment building. That kind of thing. It's just, yeah. Play this game. Play it. It is beyond ridiculous.
0: Okay. Yeah. It looks beyond ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Pay no mind to the fact that it's co-produced by DMM Games, which I normally would avoid like the plague. This thing is awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
1: One day I'll get to it. Hopefully one day soon. Yes, I'm still waiting
2: to hear back from the uh, Onion Games Twitter account to see who actually did all of the voice acting for Yamada-kun. <laughs> Just because I, I really want to know who is singing along to the Victory Fanfare, the Game Over music, and da 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 danger dangers on um, in <laughs> the middle of the level. Because <laughs> so, I, I, I'm really really suspicious that it might actually be the uh, company president.
1: <laughs> so. But yeah. I'd believe it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's what I'm playing recently. Dandy. Quite dandy. <laughs> I'm. I'm also uh, planning on moving on to a new Switch game as soon as I finally get or finish off the the arsenal. But um, yeah, have a uh, one of those minor titles that I just I was able to pick up for less than a ten dollars um, called Work Work. Hmm. It's another food game, and I'm I've had enough successes with that um, with that publisher that I'm willing to give this one a go. So,
1: Fudio always seems to go up and down. So it'll be it'll be interested.
2: I mean, it really de- a lot depends on who is designing the game because they're more of a publisher.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: And I, I've come to the realization that all this that whoever they were publishing for mainly PS Vita titles really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Between Unchained Blades and Extria, <sighs> both of which were awful. Whereas every 3DS game I ever played from them was awesome, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. complete, but awesome.
0: <laughs> well, not natural Doctrine was good on Vita, but I guess that doesn't count because it was also on other platforms.
2: Natural Doctrine was Katakawa.
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh, never mind. <clears throat>
2: Ignore me.
1: We're very confused this week. Yeah
2: granted I've also had hit and miss reactions with Kadokala but yes oh yes sometimes within the same series <laughs> speaking of which two months to go on that one so so I already have my uh, already have my reservation in for a copy of reborn
0: yay so, question mark
2: yes <laughs> unfortunately the um, Stya doesn't ha- didn't have a reservation for the premium box, which I think is online only. And I'm not going to bother with that then. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, hopefully it's good. And mm-hmm. if it is good, hopefully it comes to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Which I don't have high hopes for.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's nice to want things. Yeah. as for me I I, I played Lunar 2 a yeah. lot I'm in the eternal epilogue Blue? yeah On for your Sega CD did
0: you say the experience was Eternal?
1: no because it has an ending oh. did <laughs> I, it I leave I you know blue? once you were fishing with I that
0: stupid terrible puns
1: it doesn't work if you're <laughs> No, no, okay, okay. Uh, but no, it's uh, it did not. I, I liked it a lot, as I knew I would. It's always been my preferred of the two major lunar games. Mm. I've never played any version of Walking School. I'm given to understand that that's probably fine. And Dragon Song is a fake game that doesn't exist. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: What lunar ds?
1: Lunar, get the hell out of my
0: house. Is it really that bad?
1: Never played it?
0: Um no, may have I, blocked pre- memory. I'm pretty sure I was scared off of it. I don't but yeah, I may have quite, played it briefly,
1: I don't know. I don't even quite know how to describe it in terms of how bad it is. I'll put it I'll put it long because I feel like it. <laughs> uh, Lunar Silver Star is a Sega C D game from nineteen ninety two with an awful interface. That still like that is clearly quite archaic. Lunar Dragon Song is a DS game from 2006 that plays like that plays markedly worse than it. Wow. Lunar Dragon Song is a game where, oh, man, like, I'm, I, my brain is like casting about for everything that's wrong with it and bland, and crashing because too much is happening. Um. Lunar Dragon Song is a game where you have to decide Mm -hmm. on a battle mode before you start a fight that determines whether you get experience or items and money. What? (laughs) There is no difference between how these battle modes function, and in fact their names are quite non-indicative, because they're named like Valor Mode and I can't remember the other one. Uh, Lunar Dragon Song is a game that purports to be a prequel to Lunar Silver Star, but does not actually it's basically just the same plot again somehow what your protagonist becomes a dragon master and then it turns out that his like childhood friend/girlfriend is actually the goddess althena hmm haven't heard that one before it, uh, the game is just brutally difficult oh oh uh, it has a weapon breaking mechanic uh Weapons <laughs> break entirely at random. There's just a dice roll that happens every time you use them. So that means that sometimes you will buy a weapon and then use it once, and it will break the first time you try to use it.
2: Okay, <laughs> I'm, I, much prefer, I much prefer Saga's approach to this, where you can see the number of uses left.
1: Yeah, like, that's that's a reasonable
2: thing. The, and, it this... also, and the game also provides you with enough replacements and a reasonable time frame that you never actually run out of weapons to use. So, Yeah. Okay, like, continue with your description of this dumpster fire.
1: Yeah. Uh, running drains your HP. I don't mean running from battle, I mean running on the overworld.
3: What?
1: Until, yeah. until your HP gets into the red, about a third of your total HP, at which point you just can't run at all. So, not Seven. only is this like... Not only is this, like, a miserable mechanic, it's just slow. It just makes the game take forever. Like, your job in the game is that you're, at least at the start, is that your character is a courier. But you don't get items to take from one place to another. You're told to get items to give to someone. So inherently, the first thing you will be doing is grinding for item drops. (sighs) Ugh. And if you don't know how to switch battle modes, that's going to become a problem. (laughs) It's awful. It's amazing how wrong-headed it is in every direction. I... I cannot describe how bad the game is. It's terrible. So yeah, don't... Don't ever play Lunar Dragon Song known as Lunar Genesis in Japan, I believe. Mm. It's it's bad.
0: Ugh. Okay. Duly noted, don't play that dumpster fire. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, and there re-
2: we have the title for this for this episode. Don't play that
0: dumpster fire.
1: So, yeah... Uh, not recommended um, but Lunar 2 in both of its releases is quite good uh, holds up very well uh, I think that the irony is that like playing it now I can see where a remake could have changed things to m- improve it but in general uh, Eternal Blue Complete it's a very very similar game to Lunar Two Eternal Blue, on, Lunar Eternal Blue, it does not have a, a number on the Sega CD, but they're, they're very similar games. Uh, I do take issue with some of the choices that Working Designs made, which shouldn't surprise anyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. But they've never done anything weird with the localization games.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's some real time capsule elements here. Uh, I won't go into too many of them. A lot of them are quite infamous already. <laughs> uh, like, some of them are just like, this is. A huge time capsule. Some of them, I looked up what they are in Japanese, and it's like you took a piece of lore and threw it out so that you could make a joke that was dated by a year after the game's release. The one I'm thinking of right now is the library in the Magical City vein has, like, books about the history of Lunar that, like, elucidate, like, some of the bits that, like, they're not important, but they're interesting if you care about the franchise, so it's like The book that describes who the first Dragon Master is, which is like an important piece of information to the game's lore, even if it's not going to be involved in the game's plot, is replaced with a book that is labeled Killing Barney Made Easy. A joke that the sell-by date for that joke was approximately the exact moment it was made. It's incredible that they did that in, like, the worst way. Like, incredible in the same way that, like, a car crash is incredible. Um, but then occasionally you just run into things that it's like, oh, I don't, I can't even tell if you're at fault or if the original uh, writing is at fault, but it's confusing either way. Uh, there is... This is something I've been complaining about on Twitter and to anyone who will listen all day. So last night I was fighting the final boss and I Mm -hmm. realized that there was a spell that I had never cast because its name didn't mean anything and its description was just three question marks. (laughs) And that spell is called Pressure Cooker. Uh Uh-oh. Do you care to take a guess what Pressure Cooker does? Explodes. Either kills the boss or kills you. Nope. No? Nope. It makes food? No. If you cast Pressure Cooker on an enemy, it lowers its level. Okay. Huh. It's a very powerful debuff, actually. It works on the final boss and makes the final boss much more manageable. There is... Even if you cast it, it's very difficult to tell what it actually did. Because you just get a number in red on the thing you cast it on, which implies that something went down, but it's not clear what.
0: <laughs> so it's... are you saying you've had in a grossly powerful debuff the whole for... Most of the game. Essentially, three quarters it. of the game.
1: I and never used it. Because it has a terrible name. Because like I had no idea what it did. <laughs> Could be anything. So yeah. Uh, so
2: basically, you have a game that makes most of the saga series look positively transparent in comparison
1: just for that one spell, most of the game is actually pretty straightforward, except for, again, some of the choices Working Designs decided to add. Uh, no no points to the game for making magic experience uh, something that you pay in order to save. That was an ill-advised decision. Mm. That doesn't exist in the Japanese version. They hacked that into the English version because Working Designs, as they often decided, decided that it just wasn't hard enough.
2: Hmm. Ah, don't you hate it when they make a decision like that?
1: So yeah, uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's it's good. It has it's a lot of it's taking a lot of themes from Lunar One and doing playing them out in a slightly less generic, slightly more thoughtful fashion. Uh, it's it's fun. It's generally. Not too hard aside from some infamous choke points. Uh, shout outs to. I didn't have too much trouble with this, but I—the this boss is so infamously hard that the game makes a joke about it. <laughs> Which is, there is a character in it named uh, Borgen, who is a very difficult fight. Uh, basically, every turn he's. Your party members are going to have maybe 250 HP by this point. Every turn he's going to do an attack that does. Like 170 to 190 damage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> He's very powerful. And, uh, to, to put it mildly, uh, people have difficulty with him. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, the game makes a joke about it because you beat the first form of the final boss, and one of your party members remarks that that was not the hardest thing you fought. Borgin was harder. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's added. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the final form of the final boss was probably the hardest thing in the game for me, but that's partly because I fell for what's essentially a trick, uh, which is that uh, the final boss has three parts, each of which gets a turn. So my immediate instinct was to kill the secondary parts so that it would get fewer turns, but the thing is all of its parts have exactly as much HP as just the final boss's head. And killing the head ends the fight, so your best bet is just to always go for the head.
2: Hmm. You should have
1: gone for the head. I should have. Okay. Uh, yeah. just... Okay.
2: Did his microphone just go out, or did he stop talking?
0: Oh, you know he me? stopped talking.
2: Oh, okay, because okay, the last word you said, it sounded like you were going very, very quiet. I'm like, wait a minute, was that a microphone failure?
0: <laughs> oh, God, I hope that.
1: I think I can be heard. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
0: Okay, yeah, I good. can hear you.
1: But, yeah, so there's, uh, there's, there's the long uh, lunar two thoughts. It's really good. I'm sad that it is not legally available anywhere right now. Uh, I don't suspect it ever will be. There are likely issues with the rights to its translation, even if it got a re-release in Japan, which it almost assuredly never will.
0: Wonderful. but which I mean bet, terrible.
1: The best bet we have, essentially, is that Gung-Ho uh, Entertainment does what, like, what they did with Uh, Grandia, which, I mean, to be fair, they did have to work out rights on who owns what translations, because Sony definitely translated Grandia 1, Ubisoft definitely translated Grandia 2, they definitely had to make some sort of... They at least had to work out who was in, uh, who was, who owned what there, so... Uh, hopefully they will do the same for Lunar One and Two and put in like the PS1 versions. Don't bother with the later versions of either the, like the
0: one Sega I'm CD right version. Now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, are you? Why? Uh Lunar Silver Star Harmony is such a lifeless version of that game. I don't even like. It's not even terrible. It's just drained. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember being very excited for it back in the day, and just getting bored, honestly.
1: I mean, I was excited for it because it was—it it was Lunar pretty. One again. Yeah, I wanted it to looks, play. It looks pretty. Like I was hopeful that it would at least be as good as Silver Star Story Complete, but it's weirdly heavily based off of the GBA version. Like a lot of the changes to like the combat are reflective of the fact that the GBA version had already happened. And it's just kind of a toothless version of the game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I should probably point out that uh, Lunar One's peculiar balance is set up such that uh, if Alex needs to deal damage to one thing, he is always best off using Sword Dance rather than any of his stronger attacks.
0: Interesting.
1: Thought you should know since I saw you using Explosion Stab. But yeah, Silver Star Harmony. It's not an awful game, but there's really no reason to play it over the PS1 version. It adds a prologue that kind of sucks.
0: Well, the good uh, news is there is a way to play PS1 games on your PSP, even if they weren't ever officially released. So I'm going to be doing.
1: It's funny that. how that works. Yes, I believe that one emulates just fine. Eternal Blue Complete on your PSP does not. Like I kept having to switch versions of that. Uh, pops to try to get it to function at all. Uh, well, like it, The issue is that like it would run fine for like 70% of the game, but then you would get to any place that add like a uh, foreground graphical effect, and it would cause the game to just become unparsable.
0: Well, I mean, at least I can still copy my save to PS3 if I hit any issues.
1: Yeah, but Silver Star Story Complete works perfectly. Excellent. Uh-huh. Comes highly recommended. Uh, I don't know how much tracking down a secondhand copy of that goes for now. Uh, but,
0: uh, it's probably expensive. I'm...
1: I mean, it was always expensive. It's the problem. That's why I'm concerned. I think
0: uh, I want to say that Silver uh, Star Story Complete is a lot, like a lot cheaper than Eternal Blue.
1: Eternal Blue was a late. PS1 game. It was a it was like a November 2000 game if I yeah. recall. So like by that point a lot of stuff was just sort of going away.
0: Yeah. It's, I remember when I was tracking down copies that one was pricey although I did get, I got like the whole shebang. And Silver Star Story I think I got for 50 bucks with the art book, which is not bad at all, especially for a working design game. But the, that was like at least a decade ago. Hmm. So I don't I don't know what they go for now. Oh god, why the fuck is this on my PSP?
1: What Oh, a- what is it? Cladoon. Uh, oh yeah, your mo Cladune. Many uh... many many most hated games ago, that was your most hated game. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, nothing nothing shall ever replace the pure existential fury that he has towards that one game he can't pronounce properly.
1: No, no. M- Mugen Souls? <laughs> he played Kladun before Mugen Souls. Yeah, that was his, his most uh, game before Mugen Souls.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's the game where it was like, oh, I can roll qu- credits by walking through a door in this village.
1: <laughs> Finally, I'm free. It,
0: yeah that game was not good.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's doing on there. I'm not sure why you've kept it there.
0: I think it was just a matter of, well, if I ever want to play this thing, like, to re-download and, like, reactivate this from the PSN store is a process.
1: So. You're being real optimistic about your ability to forgive. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm Uh, yeah so yeah uh, Lunar comes highly recommended
2: in most cases
1: yeah uh, I should say Lunar 2 in both of its forms comes highly recommended at the very least the sad thing about it is that they never really got behind re-releasing it but the good thing is that that means that uh, both versions of it are very good (laughs) so that's something at least that's We'll, we'll pretend that we're happy enough for that. Wheels, why is this about Curia Chronicles 2 wallpaper? Um,
0: I, I don't... I haven't played my PSP in a while, alright? I've noticed. <laughs> it may have been the best available theme, I don't remember. See, we got
1: well, it's a nice enough piece of
0: Dissidia, art. We got Nights in the Nightmare. There we go.
1: There's a forgotten game.
0: I haven't forgotten about that
1: game. I will never I think forget it about it. Prequel game. just got re-released on Switch in Japan.
2: Yeah, reunions. Yeah. So. I I know it's been released multiple, on multiple platforms at this yeah. point. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. nights of the Nightmare is a fucking experience. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: Very unique video game. <laughs> Bullet hell yeah. tactical
0: RPG. Bullet hell yeah. tactical RPG with a where slot your machine elements like or something.
2: I mean, it's a department heaven game. Yeah. Yeah. Those are weird
0: to begin with. It's
1: the and it's weirdest. somehow though. weird by
0: that standard. Yeah, it is absolutely <laughs> the weirdest.
1: I'm concerned by the the label tasty treat on one of these. Mm.
0: Yeah, what the. What the. Oh, wow, it's actually the background of a tasty treat.
1: Mm. I, yeah, it's just food. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. uh... So yeah, uh, deeply, uh, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Oh, uh, it looks like Eric RPG would like to join us to talk a bit about uh, Trials of Mana and FF Seven. So maybe do that now rather than while we're still discussing uh, video games that we played rather than questions. So, well, I'm
2: going to take a moment to make sure my daughter is still breathing.
1: That seems important.
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh, Brandish. Ah, oh, Brandish the Dark Revenant? Yeah. It's like a good game. I've never played it, but I've heard it's good. Ooh, Class of Heroes that too. might have Delete. been a century, the last PSP game. Brandish? Yeah.
0: There was probably a visual novel. If it's not, it was the last notable one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, apparently the last PSP game came out in 2016. Huh. And it was Retro City Rampage DX. Okay.
2: Yeah, the the PSP lasted a long time past its best. I mean, like the PlayStation
0: 2 did as well. When did Brandish come out in the U.S.?
1: That has to have been close. Like that has to have been like late 2015. I remember just wondering, like, what the heck is it doing?
0: It had had to have just been like. Obviously, it was when the all those crazy Falcom fans were still at XSeed and they must have talked somebody into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like that period where it was just like the only thing that caused this was like unbridled love by someone who had enough power
4: to make it happen. I have a big question why haven't they done the other brandish games <laughs> did that get uh, did those get remade oh only the first one
1: they need to remake the second one so everyone can bask in the title brandish the planet buster
0: <laughs> oh god i don't remember how to play this game Oh, okay. God.
1: Brandish Dark Revenant came out on the PSN Store. It came out in Japan in 2009, and on the PSN Store in late also, 2015.
4: This is the only real way to play the game, because the original is weird.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember renting that and being.
4: Do not you know, play the Super 4-5. Nintendo version. Because it, like. Whenever you move, the screen redraws itself. Yeah, it's, and it's very you disorienting. You would think,
1: given that it was a Super Nintendo game, that they would take advantage of the fact that one of the hardware modes was really good at s- rotating sprite planes.
2: But Wasn't this a game where the the actual in game map rotated with you? Depending oh, on yeah. how oh yes. Oh, there yes. was I mean, only a front facing so, really sprite. really annoying that happens. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you if you want to pull up the stream, you can see it in action <laughs> <laughs> cuz I'm playing it right now. Well, the yeah. remake anyway.
1: The the Dark Revenant version is much less disorienting cuz you actually see the camera rotate, so it's yeah. like, "Oh, I understand how this is happening."
0: No, the, no, the original version is horrifying.
1: Yeah, it's it's like it's such a disorienting game, like it's
4: hard to play. It's a pit trap. Oh, you can jump over them.
0: Hmm. How do you I how on earth do you attack in this game? It's probably
4: a square button or something. I, that sounds right. Uh, if, or do you just do it like ease and you just yeah, bask into
0: Maybe. <laughs> God, boy.
1: Welcome.
4: Oh uh, you can block.
1: Eric, but, good to
4: have you. You uh, had some things you wanted to discuss? Uh, I didn't want to talk too much about Final Fantasy VII, other than the fact that I think it's really weird that. No spoilers. <laughs> the game, no spoilers. The game has NPCs that are just. Very out of place compared to the rest of the game. I think it almost feels like a Bioware game. Are you thinking of good old Chadley? Yeah. What about Uh, Chadley or anybody else? Like, that's not important. There's there's some uh, some
1: ones that like I could give you a long explanation as to where they came from. Like there's the there's a character that showed up late in the game where I was like, huh. You seem a lot like a character from the canon that doesn't appear yet. And then I looked it up, and they were from a novel that Kazushige Nojima wrote in, well, like, 2011. Heard about
4: Kyrie. Yeah. So. I think Kyrie was just their excuse to kind of give us, like, a prototype of Yuffie before we get Yuffie in the next game.
1: She's... Similar, but again, she's actually a character from a novel that takes place between FF7 (laughs) and Advent Children for some reason. But
4: I'm talking more like the random NPCs you find, like the dude that gives you (laughs) the remix to the Chocobo for the Jukebox. There's like five of those. I love how many bad Chocobo remixes there
1: are. There's uh, Hip Hop to Chocobo, uh, which you can get very early on. Did you get that, Wheels?
0: I don't think I did.
1: Oh, dear. That's a shame. That's a very strange song. But yeah. Uh but you also wanted to discuss Trials of Mana, which might have less dangerous spoiler ground to worry about.
4: Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's got that it. East flavor. Except for the But it's techniques. also got the Wanderers' East flavor with its really bad oh, voice boy! <laughs> yeah, they really east
0: east the hell out of it, huh?
4: I mean, that's a good place for it to go.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> the
4: voice mean... acting is at least marginally better than the voice acting in the Secret of Mana remake.
0: Did that? I don't even... I forgot that even had voice
4: acting. It had voice acting.
1: Oh, my God. What's messes... the protagonist of, uh... What's the protagonist of... Oh, it's the protagonist of Secret of Mana is Randy. My brain was defaulting to Ralph, and I was like, that's similar,
4: <laughs> but I don't think it's right.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, also i think they renamed um the girl's name a little bit differently than they did I think because her the name previous. was
1: like boy or something
4: yeah. was,
1: no um
2: prim oh prim, prim.
4: yeah but well, it, it was it, often
2: written as purim more yeah, like yeah jewish holiday so um i'm thinking that somebody realized that wait a moment the katakana was actually without meant to, not to have the u so
4: yeah and I, also, I, I don't get the change from Forsenna to Volsena. N- Navarro was changed to Navarro, which is not a problem really, but that's a large change because they went with Forsenna for so long. Now we're just changing it for no reason. I
1: was just uh, just wanted to bring up how much I was enjoying wheels not knowing how to attack and just <laughs> jumping over enemies.
4: <laughs> Where's the LeapFrog RPG? I mean, wish, speaking of uh, which, Mystic frog quest. status in Final Fantasy VII. Mystic like oh, It's so good. There, there's no accessory that prevents against it, but... Why? <laughs> but I, I found that when you're in frog mode, you build up the stagger gauge like nothing. Huh, I never... So maybe there's <laughs> a use for the enfeeblement Ring after all. Maybe. It's like, yeah, your characters won't be able to interfere, which makes it easier to steal and stuff, but what if it was also an effective means to stagger someone? Oh, man. Sacrifice a party member to just be able to do that. I'll have to see if anyone's
1: uh, worked out uh, how that works. I'm sure someone must
4: be digging into that. It's like your attack power is severely reduced, as well as your ability to attack, but if you can build the stagger gauge... That's worth quite a bit by itself.
1: Meanwhile, I've just been seeing people, like, doing sick air juggles as Tifa.
4: Also, you've got a very slow but a ranged attack for your melee attackers with the bubble command. <laughs> oh, man. I love all of the frog models. They're all beautiful.
0: I love that game so
4: much. And, and Tifa's especially adorable because she has a little dress skirt on. <laughs> and, I just and, appreciate the tiny buster sword. Oh, I yeah. do have to wonder, like, even in standard mode, like Cloud, how does he get the sword on his back? <laughs> he does. Oh man, There's he's, a, using, yeah. he's using gravity materia, I guess.
1: There's a fantastic like uh, image floating around, or at least there was like a month ago. That was just like someone Google searching that and fi- and finding someone claiming that Cloud's entire body is a giant magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zack actually had a strap though, something like that. But it's been a while. But, I mean, the Wheels entire
2: over-the-shoulder draw is actually impo- physically impossible.
1: Yeah, there's no way to get the, that kind of leverage. <laughs> but,
4: eh. And again, they do that in Dark Souls, when you pull your sword out. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It just pops out of nowhere when you're ready
1: to attack. It's hardly the least realistic thing going on, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
4: But yeah, the game sort does play like Dark Souls a bit when you pull out your great sword. <laughs> and That's the sad. enemies have ridiculous tracking for some of those attacks. Oh, also definitely. like, Dark Souls. <laughs> Listen, they don't watch you just
1: dodging out of everything. Some things have to be earned. But,
4: but yeah. back to Mana. Um, I've played all three scenarios. The first scenario was with Hawkeye, uh, Kevin, and Reese. And, and I went all dark on that. <laughs> <laughs> wonder how the class... Uh, Reese was light. She, she went to light. But, like, I think I think Class 4 is just a pure stat boost. It gives you the stats and, like, the passive abilities of the other class that you didn't learn. But any unique spells that are related to that class, you don't get. Mm. Still a nice upgrade.
0: But when did you use Sharwit? Uh, Through
4: third playthrough with Duran and yeah. Angela. Smart move. But, like... A lot of people said that uh, Hawkeye's ranger class wasn't that great, but that's only in the original. And in this one, he's far more valuable because he learns moon energy.
1: The complete changing of the combat system means that a lot of those like
4: classes. Also, it's much difficult. easier to just do a uh, playthrough at a party that heals with magic because you could just use items and you get so many of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. i just strewn everywhere. That was what I noticed while I was playing with Demo.
4: And there's a new game plus mode which means that the other scenarios are much easier if you bring in at least one character that's level 99 or whatever. Because <laughs> wow. you're probably be about level 8 by the time you finish the game.
3: Because
4: hmm. there's a whole new scenario where you get Isn't to fight that... Anis who is from Don of Mana and Heroes of Mana.
1: Oh man, I can't believe that they would want people to remember those happened. <laughs> <laughs> I do have like, Heroes of Mana on the shelf. I should probably try it sometime just to
2: be able to comment. You love real-time strategy games. I hate them. <laughs> I, but at the same time, I did enjoy Ecolith, um, Ecoliths, and I do have the first game in that series now. Hmm. So see if I enjoy it as much. Or probably not. So, <laughs> have you ever played Eco Creatures for DS?
1: No. No, I don't think I've seen that one.
2: Um, I'm, well, you... Um, It was kind of obscure to begin with. I actually reviewed the second game in the series, but your main character is basically um, an ambulatory durian fruit who is more or less um, classed as a druid with the ability to summon zerg rushes of small woodland creatures.
1: That explains the name. (laughs) Yeah. And it
2: is adorable. So... Oh, About something, at least. Yeah, um, when I was getting Saga 2 last, um, two weeks ago, I just decided to get some other things to build up points on my point card. It says it's one stamp per 1,000 yen spent. So I figured, you know what? Got this one here, 500 yen. Let's get that one, too. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, cheapest um, cheapest uh, Switch game I can find. There we go. Add that one in. Okay, need just a little more to hit 4,000. Mm-hmm. Maggie, Labyrinth of whatever. You know, I have no idea what this ma- anime or manga is about, except it's something-something Arabian Nights. Let's see how the 3DS game goes. Mm-hmm. Probably hot, more uh, Dumpster Fire, but yeah.
1: yeah. But here we are.
4: <laughs> One more thing about Mana was... Uh, if you beat Black Robot, you get a passive ability that gives you zero MP costs. I was going to ask... It, if you- only it activates after a battle start. If you cast it like to snipe an enemy before the battle starts to initiate the battle, it will consume MP. That's fair. That's a reason. But it uh, but um, I'm sure. that makes King Broken Especially I was with ask the, if
2: you had taken out the black rabbite.
4: Especially if you play as the rune mage, which has the death spell and it just kills pretty much anything. <laughs> if you're like sufficiently leveled. Fun. <laughs> the inevitable endpoint if I made her um, the witch queen cl- or the light side class I could probably just do everybody with area of effect spills I'm sure like the difference between that and the Rune Mage is that her multi targeting attacks everything instead of vicinity But that's all I really have to say about Mana. Um, pick it up if you've got the money. Looks good. I will pick it up eventually. But like Zenoblades comes out in two weeks.
1: Less well, than two weeks at this point, closer to a week. Give it to me
0: now. Actually, don't. I have to finish first. And,
4: and watching this guy at Two on here makes me wonder when this guy at Two complete or Three complete are going to happen. Uh,
0: three first, please.
4: I need. Mm, you're going to get two first. So. You—they did four. They, yeah. they and did, and did where's my four. switch chip? Phantom Brave or Three is next <laughs> Or Lulapusel, Lapusel needs an sheep or Yeah. Rip Lapusel,
1: Rip Phantom Brave. Uh Don't care, give me
0: disgaea three on my switch.
1: You can want things. I'm just confused like I didn't one. play the PSP update, so I'm just confused why all the disgaea 1 characters are so prominent in this opening. <laughs> Um, they are in this game. I don't recall them being huge parts of this game. It's the point um, I'm making.
0: What What's her name is in is a
4: major character in the game. Oh yeah, Edna in an yeah, yeah. character. But I little. keep
1: seeing Flan and Laharl, and I'm like, I don't remember you two being in here very much. No, they just show up in all the intros. Yeah, it's just it's just a, like it's, it's this guy. Uh, please remember that one you loved. I didn't love
0: it. <laughs> I like its sequel better.
1: <laughs> You're all about that this guy, A Dimension Two. Oh, I mean this. You waiting for that to come to Switch?
0: I mean the That'll story. The, the story one. in that one is garbage, but it's it's really good as far as gameplay goes.
1: You're just waiting for this guy, A Dimension Two, to.
0: No, a three to garbage stories. Give me freaking uh,
1: three. Tells
4: of legendia story is garbage. What tales of legendia? Yeah, I mean tales of legendia is garbage.
1: Yeah, no, that game sucks real bad. I don't know what brought it up. I just heard legitimately. (laughs) Oh yeah, but like like, the localization
4: made it even worse because they cut out all the voice acting from the epilogue unless it was a skit.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to hear any of them talk again anyway. So,
4: (laughs) or the fact that Shirley goes evil because she got jealous that Cell decided to date the other girl. He doesn't even do that. He just, like, is sad that his
1: that her sister is dead. Uh, man, what a game. I recommend it. Hate it, actually. Despise it. <laughs> Hated every second of playing it. It's oh, ugly. Yeah. It's, it doesn't control well. Its battles are bad. And a
4: lot of people say Goishina's um, musical acumen like is good, but soundtrack. it's terrible in that game because it doesn't fit.
1: Yeah, it's a good soundtrack that shouldn't be in that game. <laughs> so, uh,
4: no, the battle theme especially just doesn't work, though.
1: Sheena's done better soundtrack work in other games, and even other Tales games. <laughs> so Really just no reason to ever play Tales of Legendia. Not recommended. So, uh, probably hit something. Hold on.
0: Before that, speaking of terrible things, so I was copying my awesome. PSP stuff to a new memory stick mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and one game would not copy over. This kept mm-hmm. like freezing in the middle. I'm like, "What? What the hell's going on with this?" So I, I poked around to see which game it was. Can you guess which one it was?
1: Was it moving souls somehow?
0: No. <laughs> no, it's a, not no. It's on the no, PSP. It's a notoriously bad port. On PSP,
4: um, man, um, there's a lot of those.
0: Yeah, Eric has it correct. Manicamia, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> also, is Manicamia two like, so Is the it joke.
4: just as bad or is it better? I uh, think it's bad. Hard to see
0: how it'd
2: be worse.
1: Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's
0: all
2: relative.
1: Like it would be. It feels like it would be worse if it made the PSP's battery explode.
4: Speaking of Manicamia, I don't know when I'm going to get back to that, because I got a PS2 backlog, and I got to get an emulator and hope It's, it
1: works. it's a nightmare to think of having a PS2 backlog when the PS5 is getting to come out, ready to come out.
4: Is it, though? Where is, is pick it? Up <laughs> the Iris Trilogy, which, why haven't you ported it yet, you cowards? <laughs> because the PS3
1: ones were more popular.
4: Uh, yeah,
1: like... It's
4: more popular. I mean... <laughs> we all... Oh, yeah, speaking of I... which, I did manage to sell some stuff, and I paid about $100 for a version, the Switch version of all three of the Dust Trilogy games. Oh, now I'm being all left behind. A single cartridge. It's the Asian version, so it's got um, English support on it.
0: Yeah, I have nice. that cart. It's pretty awesome.
4: I get left behind. But... um. I managed to sell at least two of my Vita copies of uh, Shally, and uh, no, no, the Vita and PS3 version of Shali. In fact, I sold to the same person for like $60. Nice. Okay, I was briefly terrified that you were implying you had multiple Vita copies of Adelir Shali. No. Um, I still have yet to sell Ascot and Logi, which apparently goes for quite a bit because yes, it's even it rare. <laughs> so I'm going to have a hard time selling that, aren't I?
0: You're gonna make some bank, not a ton, but you'll make a bit.
1: Probably have to settle for like
4: fifty dollars for that one. It'll be enough to pay for the switch version at the very least. So, well, I've already bought the. Yeah, so. I'm just saying you'll recoup. <laughs> but yeah, like, I kind of wish I had gotten more for the other for the Shelly games, but I kind of don't want to be a scalper, and I know that. There isn't a big demand for them,
1: and selling two to the same person at least you're uh, folding in the shipping costs a bit.
4: Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I noticed that the shipping cost was only about a dollar for um, the first game, for the PS3 game, but I like, I only had to like charge seven fifty. Yeah, I ended up paying eight bucks, but uh, yeah. not kind of covered by the cost of the other game.
1: Well, it's fifty cents either way. <laughs>
4: Uh, I also sold Catherine, so I got to pick the P- Switch version up later.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know when that's coming out. Uh, I think it's July. That sounds right. That sounds like a time you would put out a video game.
0: For what? Which which game?
1: Switch version of Catherine full Bonnie. Oh, yeah. Not, like late July, June.
0: July, June ish. Sounds about right.
1: Suddenly my image of July is crowded because Ghost of, Ghost of Shushi, Tsushima and... Uh, I'm just going to get that Origami King. And Origami King are yes. coming out on the same day. Oh. <laughs> they are both <laughs> July 17th. Did anybody
4: like Color Splash? Uh, I did not play it, but... Yes. I've, so if It, it seems like people it, liked it more I than... I haven't the finished player. the game yet, but it did everything the Sticker Star didn't do right. Better. <laughs> Yeah, people
1: seem to like it more than Sticker Star.
0: I like Sticker like, Star yeah, a lot. Yeah, it, it, it has
4: still issues. isn't... There's still no leveling up and your tax are still consumables, but uh, at least you get more money so that buying stuff isn't as much of a problem and the level design's better and the writing is much better. Because Sticker Star's biggest problem for me was it's completely dry writing. And substandard by the numbers plot.
0: I I was I could would have been okay with that if there weren't so many obtuse, annoying as hell puzzles.
4: Yeah, like that I had to look figuring up. bring out constantly. that bosses need a certain item in, in, yeah. but in this game, like, there is a certain item that really is effective against it, but you can use it whenever. And you're pretty much guaranteed to win. As long as you use it. <laughs> you don't have to use it at special points in the
3: battle
4: (sighs) but yeah origami king looks good but uh, origami king looks like it's going back to the old battle system, but it's probably still not going to have levels there might be a progression system of sorts
1: there seems to be some because the mario has different hp totals throughout that uh, trailer it's 50 75 and 150 in that trailer
4: well, you could improve your HP in the other one as well as your um, Inkwell. But but I'm guessing there might be, like, passive skills you can get, maybe. Just all ends up badges. Like, maybe you don't have to worry about equipping badges, but maybe you can, like, have a capacity for certain badges you can equip.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll see, I guess. It looks very nice. I'm interested. It had the complete nightmare of a reveal trailer. (laughs) I want to play Smashy
4: Hands Mario with the wavy
1: arms.
4: (laughs) And I I really hope that Samus Mario is like an attack in the game.
0: (laughs) I also hope uh, Folded Up Bowser is with you the whole game. Because that seems like it could be hilarious. I I
4: hope not, because
1: a little Bowser goes a long way. (laughs) All I'm going to say is that I hope that, uh... that I see many nightmarish uh, offshoots of the phrase uh, will you crease yourself and be reborn show up throughout (laughs) the internet. Uh,
0: Yeah, I will say I'm very glad that Bowser is not the villain because that really annoyed me about... uh, Paper Jam and Sticker Star. Like, that, it gets that tedious after a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that's one of the things that I always liked about those games is you got new interesting villains and if Bowser was there They did Bowser and Paper Mario like 1 and that was thing. enough.
4: Yeah. Do you think uh, Mario and Luigi will come back? Nope. Not with Alpha Dream but with someone else?
1: No, I don't think so. <laughs> that's just my personal prognostication that's like if there's no one to farm it out to who's going to make it so
4: I think that, Death fr- Ball.
1: that franchise is probably in the ground but especially like it was kind of suffering those last couple remakes did not sell well mm. Well, they were late-stage They were late-3DS games. games, but it's it's just going to be kind of what stains them internally. It's like, well, people don't really come out specifically for this, so there's no reason
4: to specifically revive this version of the Mario RPG. Some people speculated that because they existed, um, that was the reason why <clears throat> Paper Mario went to non-RPG territory. I mean, yeah, I mean... At that Makes point, sense. they were kind of the same game.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: But, like, do you think they'll go back on that?
1: I mean, I think that they'll probably make more, they'll add more RPG elements back into Paper Mario. But,
0: but will they give me that Thousand Year Door re- uh, remake or re-release of some kind, please? Uh,
1: just, no, yeah, because just... at this point the joke is making you wait for the Thousand Year Door remake. <laughs> a thousand years for a thousand door.
0: <laughs> that's, that's all fine. Just give me Discard 3!
1: Paper Mario makes a lot of jokes about. Paper Mario
4: HD and Paper Mario HD bundled with that and Super Paper Mario Just give me all of them on HD yes.
1: It's weird in retrospect how much uh, Sticker Star made people suddenly decide that they liked Super Paper Mario at the time That was a divisive game and then Sticker Star came out And people were much more mad at that I
0: loved, I loved uh, Super Paper Mario I think it's
1: because
4: Super Paper Mario Has good writing I sold my own copy, though, a long time ago because I sold a great deal of Wii games to pay for my Wii U. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, is probably a bad idea because I, st- I have almost no Wii U games now.
3: <sighs>
4: <sighs> well, I need to keep that copy of Wonderful 101, though, because apparently the Switch port's inferior. It'll yeah, that probably get patched. Yeah, like, I was going to say. It's, it it's it's not probably will, but, like, it's not worth getting it now. Yep. Yeah, it's probably That's not fair.
1: something you need to immediately pick up, especially because the game is not technically out yet.
4: But well, I mean, it's out, but... You it's can't it's out, a but a copy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would expect that there will probably be a patch by the time the physical copies are out.
4: But, Sounds like they might have rushed it to market.
2: <sighs> okay, what are we talking about now? Because I had to kind of hurry out and...
1: Change it. That's wonderful.
2: One one. Okay. Yeah. So we have a uh, fifth get fifth co-host here sitting on my lap right now.
4: Mm. <laughs> Yay! She, but, uh, she other know how to other weird ports that I want to play, but I kind of don't want to support the developers of because I've heard unscrupulous <laughs> things about them. But the developers of Iron Fury. Oh yeah, yeah. And that that's it, on consoles now.
1: Yeah, there's an interesting Digital Foundry video about. Uh, The console port of that, and like it was bizarre to find out how much they had just built out of the Yduke 32 source port scripting engine.
4: Yeah, apparently it was hard to port. No wonder it ran. That's why the performances for an ancient game is so weird because you probably use really terrible programming code.
1: Uh, like nothing that's running on a scripting language is running any, any way fast.
4: Like, why don't you just remake the game from the ground up?
1: Uh, not, uh, not in the time frame they were given.
4: Well, maybe they could eventually do that later and call it like the definitive Edition. But that'd be nice. It was, it's just, Aww. it really
1: just made me perplexed as to why the original developers had made the
4: choices they had. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like- yeah, I kind of want to get the game, but I like maybe I'll get it from a key reseller when it's like super cheap on the PC because that seems to be the way to play the game. Yeah,
1: I don't think I'll bother. I don't actually like Doom three D. It's I just rather so, play Doom.
4: <laughs> so I don't want to support the developers, but I want to play the game, so maybe I'll just give them as little money as possible.
1: Let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh. Oh, what you gonna say about Wonderful One Oh yeah, I can't get rid of my Wii U copy of that because it's signed. So. Yeah. By all laws of. Uh,
4: I also want to pick up a few first-party Switch games, but they're gonna be in out of my price range for quite some time. Because
1: yeah, good luck with that.
4: Because <laughs> like, I'm not paying sixty dollars to pay for a remake of uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Squad not that launched at 40, I'm baffled that launched at 60. (laughs) You're playing 60, fucker. (laughs) Well, okay then. Uh, That and Donkey Kong and and, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World and um, I feel
1: like Donkey Kong and Yoshi occasionally go on sale.
4: Also Astral Chain and um, Zelda Mm. um, Hyrule Warriors, I mean. Mm -hmm. And three houses, I suppose, but I put a rain check on that, and I was like I need to get through Fates, and then I need to get through um... Echoes? Echoes. Fates, or, Fates is
0: better. It. Oh, sorry. I had something in my throat.
1: Fates is better than which? Uh,
0: three houses. Wow.
1: Well, going for it. But, uh... We should probably hit a few of these questions, now that we're approximately an hour in. Uh... Well I'm gonna go to bed
4: now cause, like, okay. even though I'm not quite tired, I know if I don't go to sleep, I'm gonna be screwed up for the rest of the day. Cause, yeah, better to head that off. At the pass. Cause, like, I like basically passed out at six, and I slept for like three hours because that's how tired I was. Yeah, uh, I, I recommend sleep at that at that juncture. But I'll see you guys later. Maybe two weeks from now. Where we could talk about Xenoblade's and stuff.
1: <laughs> and maybe yes. we also have finished FF7. <laughs> I plan to. Oh, bye.
0: You, you, pl-
1: you plan oh. a lot of things. Yeah. Shh, quiet, yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Mm. so should probably okay, so start. I was going to say, do we have a question?
1: Yes. We have a few. Uh, we'll do this one quickly since uh, I don't think any of us has too much uh, opinions on this. Can't think of any better crew to ask this question. This is from Kroll. Uh, Are you excited, worried, or disgusted by Romancing Saga Reuniverse? Is there any reason to hope it's good? No. It's a mobile game, so I don't care. (laughs) Um, I I tried a demo
2: for the first mobile game they did. I actually played the second mobile game they did for about a month. Um, I really doubt this is anything but more of the same. Um, I'm kind of intrigued... By the setting it of, or by the fact that they're setting it 300 years after *Romancing Saga* three, which would be the next time the death eclipse was supposed to happen, and that several of the main, several of the characters introduced are descended from *Romancing Saga* three protagonists. Mm -hmm. But that's about as far as I'm going to let it go. So I'm going to be kind of intrigued and never, never touch it.
3: So.
1: But, uh, yeah. Or maybe
2: uh, maybe just once to say I did, but like the others?
1: Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, it's a mobile game. It's not going to have what I want out of Saga, so I don't care. <laughs>
0: yeah, I tried it. Yeah. I it was just like, um, nah.
1: I'll pass. Yeah. Uh, this is one that was asked last week, and I did my best to answer what I could, but I figured uh, since it was also directly di- aimed at you, Gaijin, we should probably drag it back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, got another one, more so for Gaijin. This one's from Strawberry Eggs. The 109 department store in Shibuya shows up a lot in RPGs set in Tokyo, yet I almost never see it with those exact numbers. It's 104 in The World Ends With You, 108 in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, 901 in Devil Survivor 2 for a few specific examples. I've seen 106, 110, and 10Q in other games and anime. These alternate numbers are so ubiquitous that I sometimes have to remind myself that the actual number is 109. Is there some reason this number is usually changed, like for copyright or trademark? Is it just a running gag that developers and animators find funny? A bit of both.
2: Well, it's a situation where a lot of anime-style games that are set in Tokyo will really want to have recognizable landmarks, but at the same time, for legal reasons, they are not allowed to use actual names.
0: Yeah. Unless,
2: would... unless in very specific circumstances, the business itself lets them do it.
3: hmm
2: Which, um, I'm thinking, um, Hamatora game for 3DS. Mm-hmm. The, com- the developer actually got into a... Uh, made an agreement with a smoothie shop franchise that operated in Kobe and not only was allowed to use the the franchise's actual name and some of its imagery for the spot in the game but it became the main means of leveling up your characters Mm -hmm. which was hilarious wonderful product placement there Um, but no um, for something as prominent as the 109 department store they are going to be lampooning the heck out of it uh, one O Q is kind of a fun one there because the Q is yeah. the Japanese word for nine, um. But yeah, they're going to be doing whatever they can to make it obvious that to everyone who's been there that this is what they're talking about. But haha, ha, we're going to change the name just a little bit, just like with the predominance of fast food hamburger restaurants in Japanese anime and manga with the W, <laughs> I love McDonald. Yes, that um. kind of. I mean, it's exactly that kind of thing, but you'll see it in different forms. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I haven't actually played Yaku- most of the Yakuza games, but I'm sure that it's full of similar items.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Kamadocho, is, I forget which district it's basically. Uh, Kabuki-cho.
2: It's,
1: yeah, I was thinking it's Kabuki-cho. But, yeah,
2: yeah, in the old in the old boing-boing interview with the, the three Yakuza bosses yeah. playing Yakuza 3, and they were commenting on how just, I mean, how... Absolutely true to life. The the um, visual aspect was for yeah. Tamurocho, but I'm thinking like um, Oh Yak is a six. The one that I actually played the demo for, where they managed to copy the uh, Nakasu area of Fukuoka so well that I was able to locate the stairs that would would have gone to my favorite bar.
1: Oh man, that Fukuoka area is great. Actually,
2: yeah. So, and um, I could recognize several areas. The spot where they had the game center was actually where they had the game center, among other things. Um, <laughs> but they did change um,
1: the, all of the names
2: to um, obviously this is what we're talking about, but not really haha
1: levels. Yeah. They did something better, not better, they did something similar in uh, 2 and 0, which have a like pastiche of Doton Body as Soton Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to... Like, they kind of have done that over sure. and over in Yakuza. Or,
2: oh, one of my favorite examples of this, um, or at least one that made me laugh, a game called Sorcery Saga.
1: Oh, I've heard of that one.
2: Yeah, it was a remake. It was kind of a remake or reinvention of um, Nogatari. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in that game... I mean, it was the like the gift of the great curry god or something like that, and the entire plot actually revolved around a magically awesome curry recipe.
1: I, I could believe it.
2: <laughs> and the villains worked for a curry franchise restaurant called Soko Soko Ichiban. And the joke here being that Koko Ichiban mm-hmm. is an actual curry restaurant franchise in Japan. Uh, the name translates as, here is number one, Coco yeah. Ichiban. And the game's knockoff version, Soko Soko Ichiban. Soko Soko is a Japanese concept onomatopoeia sort of word that means yeah, kind of okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, I, like, I would have, like, I I didn't uh, get that bit of it, because, like, I saw it as, like, I I see Soko and think of, like, Coco, so, like, Coco is here, like, Soko, my brain would just think is there, so thank you for that. Which it should
2: be, yes, but if you put them together, double soko. Mm.
1: It's just like yeah, it's fine.
2: <laughs> or just a little bit, or mumble mumble, um, like oh, okay, actually related to Disgaea, first game, mm-hmm. um, the con- the conversation where they are discussing each other's ages,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, they um, they get to the Flan and Flan just doesn't want to talk about it and she's like, oh, are you older than us? And or something like that. And um, in Japanese, she answers yeah. soko As in, like, mumble mumble, I'm not sure I really want to talk about it, mumble mumble. And then she finally admits that she's, like, 1,616 years old or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) yeah.
1: That's interesting. Uh, Yeah. That's a useful piece of information that... uh... Yes,
2: yes, useful in quotation marks.
1: No, no, it's useful for me. It's like I try to desperately step up my uh, Japanese studies, so... But yes yeah, so
2: yes they were going for the here and there joke with soko soko, soko Ichiban, but they're doing also, both. But the fact that it's a doubled up um, adverb as well
1: that makes it sound much less impressive exactly <laughs> yeah like
2: so I, I, so like um, the implication with that with that stories thing is like yeah we're not the we're not really that great but we're number one because there's nobody else yeah <laughs>
1: the only game in town
2: yeah which it kind of
1: fits yeah I do now I'm just thinking about the fact that like I, I wanted to bring up the, the thought the thing that brought this up Madōmonogatari, might be slightly better known to people to US players because it's what Puyo Puyo spun off of yes
2: and which is kind of interesting because Sega still owns the copyrights to Puyo Puyo and all the characters in it and Compile st- technically still owned Madame monogatari and the use of the characters in it yeah except <laughs> Compile turned into Compile Heart and Compile Heart did not inherit the right to use some of the characters and
1: <laughs> so they sort so, of
2: remade the game but with
1: a new cast
2: <laughs> yes because they, they legally could not actually use their own characters because
1: they were still being used in Puyo Puyo games yeah. It's weird. It's it's very funny to me that like as a legacy Puyo Puyo has a much longer like stronger one, at least worldwide, than than Mato Monogatari does.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know if any of those ever got released in English.
2: Well, none of them know as far as I know. Yeah. You'd have to ask Jumes. Um, but he'd probably just say, Please don't remind me that those games. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see, Sorcery Saga would be the only one that's, you know, kind of an edge case yeah but yeah, so we'll hit the the new questions uh, this one's from Budai, speaking of Zelda-like games on Genesis, did you ever play Landstalker any games in its series? Buddy, when I start talking about Holy. Dark Savior oh, <laughs> uh,
2: Dark Savior I, man I, I've played Landstalker <laughs> and part of Lady Stalker. Land
1: Stalker, play... Lady Stalker, Time Stalkers, sometimes known as Climax Landers. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, um, and as for other, more closely Zelda likes, so I did play Crusader of Senti on emulation twenty years ago. That's the one I brought up because I was like, I
1: really want to play that because it's a uh, it, app. It is a it is a cute little game. Yeah, it's got it's got really like one of the things I noticed while looking at videos of it, it's like, oh, this is really charming looking, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not as well put together as your average Zelda game, but, but it's got I mean, cool things. thing where your little <laughs> animal companions change your special abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get some really interesting combinations in there, and um, some of the bosses are odd. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it that, that that. Some of them just uh, require some creativity to figure out how you're supposed to beat them. But yeah it's it's a it's got its charm
1: yeah yeah so those was, was kind of what brought this up and yeah I've played a lot of Land stalker I think it's probably the most tolerable isometric game I've ever played even though it's also hatefully difficult because it's isometric
2: <laughs> yeah I remember getting through it to a certain point and I just I could was pretty sure I knew how to trip the switch to let me get past I just couldn't manage it
1: yeah like you get some really difficult to judge jumps. There's a. I remember they threatened to remake it on PSP way back in like 2005 or so, and that, that I would did actually not like it if
2: they did, it'd probably be easier to play. Yeah.
1: yeah, you'd probably be able to judge distances a lot better. But that game just never like they announced it, and then no one ever talked about it again. Uh, I want to say that uh, developers from that split off and were who ended up making Alundra, which is a wonderful game. Uh, I believe Matrix Software split off from uh, from Climax at some stage, but there's definitely a lot of uh, Landstalker DNA in Alundra, which is an excellent Zelda clone, incredibly hard, has some very difficult jumping puzzles, and is one of the most downbeat RPGs I've ever played. <laughs> you know that you're in for an unhappy game, when someone in the game dies and then the guy, the weaponsmith is like yeah, I hate this, it's really morbid but I only feel inspired to make weapons when someone dies and then you realize how many weapon slots you have (laughs) it's a really unhappy game but it's really good I highly recommend it if you've never played Alondra. It has one of Working Design's least obtrusive uh, localizations. So, that's also good. Um, Don't play Alundra 2, it's bad. And completely unrelated. But, yeah. That's not on Genesis. It's just a really good PS1 game. Highly recommended. It was available on PSP for a very long time. Still recommended. Uh. Another question from Budai comes up. How do you think Sega is viewed in the history of gaming? A lot <laughs> kinder because they can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> I've noticed this like, as I look at people like looking back on old Sega products. And it's like, wasn't this so innovative? And it's like, yeah, and they made like two games for it. Wasn't this so impressive? Yeah, and they immediately abandoned it and left you holding the buck because you spent $200 on it. Like a lot of these things are really fun to look at, but I mean there's kind of a reason no one wanted to give them money after a while
2: like, I remember uh, just so many interesting ideas with Sega and so little common sense and application
1: yeah, Sega would just sort of like make a decision about what to do and then like after they finished doing it they would then try to work out what the market for it was. And like, some of the people who were deciding what to do were impressive forward thinkers. They were people, usually in the arcade division, who had a lot of money to throw around learning how to make 3D games early. And then people making consoles would be like, but 3D shouldn't be at home. Mm -hmm. And have to hastily graft a 3D processor onto the Sega Saturn in like 1994. What was wrong with you, yeah. so I think that the the way they are viewed in history is interesting in part because modern sega's modern Sega as a company understands that their that them being a historical company is one of their most important pieces of intellectual cachet. And so a lot of what modern Sega spends its time doing is managing the idea of Sega nostalgia. So that's why Which were,
2: honestly is probably going to pay off better than trying to make new games. <sighs> Certainly, other like,
1: than like Yakuza, that's worked out well for them. Yakuza yeah. and Sonic are what keep selling for them.
2: But Yakuza is kind of a case where they found an o tour and decided to let him run with it.
1: Yeah, Nagoshi very much is one of those ones where they just sort of let him do what he wants. Where you got go Studio gets to do what it wants. Yeah, and with Yakuza it paid off
2: really well. With something like Hero Bank by the same guy it didn't pay off as well, but it was still kind of weird. I need to play this game sometime.
1: Yeah, Nagashi is very interesting to look at the career of, because, like, you get Yakuza from the guy who made Super Monkey Ball.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: but Like, he, he was there for, like, his history with Sega is a mile long. He was the one of the lead designers on virtual racing he was a Daytona USA guy uh he was he worked on Shenmue he uh most obviously in terms of influences on Yakuza he worked on Shenmue and then he worked on Spike Out Battle Street and both of those have a lot of DNA with Yakuza although Yakuza by the time uh by eventually evolved into something that was as much like a crime novel meets the modern take on river city ransom but, <laughs> yeah like he's he's been on everything he's one of the ones where like putting their trust in him kind of a good idea it usually works out well for them so that's like monkey ball worked out well for them uh he was the one that they put on the f-zero game they developed which was pretty nice he apparently made Planet Harriers, which is a game that has basically never been re-released at any point, and I hope comes out again someday, because I would like to actually play it someday. <laughs> yep, arcade only. Rip the only full-fledged sequel Sequel to Space Harrier. Uh, yeah. I think he's, like, uh, an executive level at Sega at this stage. Uh yeah Uh, but yeah Sega kind of spends a lot of their like there's a reason that so much of Sega's like capital over the past decade has been spent trying to make to engineer nostalgia for the Mega Drive in Japan like there's so many things where they like sort of like it, it gets turned into animes where it's like and like other otaku bait stuff where it's just like hey, that Mega Drive that no one bought, you like that, though, don't you? It's got all these old games on it. It's gonna, it's just... Eventually, they're going to turn a profit on that thing. Yeah, I mean, they like it's—they don't have to worry about it as much in the U.S. It's like, yeah, we could sell the U.S. Mega Drive collections a century until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> but <laughs> in Japan, it always has to be like this struggle to like make people care about it because it was such a round failure in Japan. <laughs> Which is really weird when you think about it. It's like, and it did better in America. Yeah, America and Europe both uh, all about that Genesis. Uh, Japan, just I mean, it doesn't help that it launched with an Osamatsukun game so bad that the develop that the creator of Osamatsukun threw an ashtray at the director's head. <laughs> oh, jeez, Yeah, like, it it launched poorly. Japan liked Sonic well enough, but it was not the hit that it was in America and Europe. Also, yeah, it it was just... There's probably a fairly interesting deep dive to go into about why the... uh, I think the other problem they run into is that they can't really take advantage of what japan would be nostalgic for because the saturn is too much of a pain to re-release games from so there we are and then of course uh the dreamcast i mean it was well liked among the hardcore but they can't sell nostalgia to just the hardcore the hardcore never stopped playing those games and i mean that's a console that in Japan, like a month after it came out, they started airing ads that were just an un- executive apologizing. You've never seen Japanese Dreamcast ads. They're very strange.
0: Sagaton
1: Sanjuro. Sagaton Sanjuro um, really sold the Saturn. Um, yeah. They just brought back they have the son of the actor who played Sagata Sanjiro playing the son of Sagata Sanjiro. <laughs> <laughs> So that's fun. I'm into that, that, that. That's
2: some dandy dungeon level absurdism right there. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, I respect it. I'm all about that. But, yeah. They, they made a. Saga, like, Sagata Sanchiro was such a successful ad campaign that when the Saturn was over, they made a Sagata Sanchiro game where when you. Like, you did mini games of Sagata Sanchiro based on the ads, and when you scored high enough in the mini games, you unlocked the ad. <laughs> It's a very strange game. Very... Didn't
2: he make a didn't he make a appearance in a crossover game at some point? He was in Project Cross Zone 2. He's in the that's... English
1: version of Project Cross Zone 2. <laughs> that's what I'm remembering, yes. Oh. And he's got like all of these crazy lo- like he's convinced that there has never been a higher form of technology than the Sega Saturn. <laughs> it's incredible. Like someone starts talking about the internet and he starts talking about like the Sega Pluto and the Saturn netlink modem. <laughs>
0: Oh my god.
1: He's, he's great. Everyone considers him a font of wisdom because he's the most important Sega man alive. It's good. It's He's a very bright spot in that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a Goddess Anshiro game. It's very rare, but. Uh, if you've never seen them, please go look up the Sagata Sancharo ads and you'll immediately see why people liked these and were like much more captivated by the Saturn than the American ads where like a bald man talked about how it was five years until the new millennium and then like some rain floated around a lady's head. The Sega Saturn and PS One in their first year were in like a competition to see whose ads were worse. And boy howdy, they both won. <laughs> those early ps1 ads that are about Mm -hmm. uh getting domed by the lady from battle arena toshinden are also a tremendous mistake Mm -hmm. the 90s were a mistake is what i'm saying (laughs) see they were an interesting time for japan they were a tragic time for us all and yet i'm deeply nostalgic for them so i can't escape Uh uh had some great cartoons, though. Oh, absolutely. But uh, late eighties, early nineties, I'm all about that anime aesthetic. Um, let's see, uh, another question from Budai. Do you ever wonder how certain gaming lexicons came about and then became accepted? Accepted, for instance, bots to refer to a non-regular enemy. MMORPGs have a ton, like aggro and mob. Yeah, uh, I've actually spent hours of my life attempting to work out where the word boss came from. I am almost certain that it must exist before Metroid's Manual but that's one of the first textual pieces of evidence anyone can find is like Metroid's Manual calls Mother Brain the boss and Kraid and Ridley mini-bosses.
2: the, The word had to have entered like standard Japanese lexicon back during the 50s or 60s.
1: Yeah, which makes it really hard to track when it started getting used in video games.
2: Yeah, I mean... I would have assumed that it would have appeared from almost the beginning
1: of the of
2: everything in
1: Japan. Yeah, the first like the early bosses I can think of in terms of actual games that have them are like there's a really obscure old SNK game called Sasuke versus Commander mm-hmm. that has some of the first identifiable bosses in an arcade game in 1980. Oof. Uh, before yeah. that, there's some other like early computer RPGs that have things that would be considered bosses, but it, I don't think they use them because they're mostly they don't I don't think they use that term because they're mostly using D and D terms.
2: Yeah, that oh. that makes sense, but yeah, I, I mean knowing that boss is actually a commonly used katakana loan word into Japanese, mm. still, it just kind of makes sense that somebody would start calling them that, especially in a non D and D contextualized game like Metroid
1: yeah i just it, metroid is one of those ones where it's like i feel certain that the term predates this but it's the first time in print i can find it
2: yeah so and in the case of mother brain she was literally the boss of the pirate crew you saying so, that oh god. so i mean it's like okay or is she being referred to as boss as in a game boss or boss as in the leader of all these enemies and she just happens to be the final enemy because of that
1: Oh. I was gonna say, you saying that Japan got, like, the word boss as a loan word from English just makes me think that it's, there's a cute symmetry of the fact that America got the word honcho from Japan. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like the world's cute. Okay. Yeah, okay, a let's bit of a, a rougher day. Back, yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. So,
2: it is snack time on Daddy's lap. <laughs> but,
1: but, yeah. yeah.
2: But, and then... English got back stuff like mid boss,
1: largely Yeah, yeah which is some like huh. wasaigos stuff. Yeah, but
2: because only this guy would actually nickname a real an actual character mid mid boss.
1: Yeah. Let's see, but yeah, as for like all the MMO, uh, the MMO slang, I I don't know that stuff at all. Like that stuff still confuses me every time I see it. So.
2: But yeah, that's just a case of a community coming up with terms that for shorthand and
1: yeah,
2: and also to really confuse newbies.
1: Yeah, the real question ends up becoming like how much of that uh, comes from things that would be recognizably MMOs, and how many of it, how much of it was like stuff that was inherited from MUDs. Uh,
2: I'm not, I'm not very familiar with LUDs, but I'm thinking MUDs. it was,
1: it's an old term. It means multi-user dungeon. Oh.
2: Oh, I was hearing luds and not muds. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, muds.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, I would think that terms like aggro and kiting would probably be mainly from the later games because muds weren't that, what's the right word here, action-based. (laughs) Combat-centric. Yeah. So um, quite a few of those words would probably have started with World of Warcraft or one of the earlier ones.
1: Probably EverQuest, in 59, uh, Ultima Online, something like that.
2: Either EverQuest or Ultima, but they wouldn't have become mainstream until World of Warcraft.
1: Yeah, like that's when you started seeing them in games that were not MMOs. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I think about this a lot. There's a lot of these that I've tried to track down origins of, and a lot of the ones just like video games were not considered something that you kept track of where things came from for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But
2: I'm sure there's some interesting paper to be written on historical linguistics or sociology. Oh definitely. But I mean then
1: finding And occasionally
2: epistemology and epidemiology.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you finding primary sources on some of that stuff would be very difficult.
2: I would just go through the start contacting the old fan base at random and see if that's a good job or has good stories. Yeah, that's basically all you could do. Like like I found one that was um a story from Ultima Online back in like the mid to late 90s where this guy was responsible for personally responsible for the developers to put in a an emergency bug fix because he'd found a way of um, causing slimes to divide exponentially.
1: Oh no. And stacking Ooh.
2: on each other. And as soon as he released them from the room, they would just flood out, and ended up crashing servers from the load. Oh heavens! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, first time like... was by accident, but the second time he actually attempted to extort a city. <laughs>
1: oh man, that reminds me of like just like, the, like, Ultima Online's bugs are always fascinating because they're from a company that didn't realize they were making an MMO until they'd made it. So it's just like full of weird hacks. And well,
2: interesting here. Um, the word aggro was originally a British slang word from the 60s, hmm. um, taken or like apparently mutually formed from aggravation, aggression, and aggravate. Makes sense. Um, and basically meaning problems, difficulties, or aggressive, violent behavior.
1: Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if that like had existed as semi local, like just. It, whether to a region of England or just, like, the nation as a whole, slang that was allowed to mutate and form into something more specific as people played MMOs together from across the planet. Yeah. But, uh, uh,
2: and honestly, considering the, the origins and how fairly straightforward this is for British slang, I'm willing to bet that the modern RPG version may have been a case of parallel evolution.
1: Also possible. Like it's fairly easy to work out what aggro means it's just like it's being used in such a strange fashion when you hear the phrase draw aggro yes uh, yeah that's one of the other things that makes some of these hard to pin down where they came from Let's yes. See. Oh. Yeah. us uh, see as for our next question mm-hmm. this one comes from shaman uh, first he has a note for me about the eShop notifier Twitter account. I should follow that. I do actually have a Twitter. I don't recommend following it, but you can probably work out what it is if you go looking. Uh let's see. Question. Don't tell Sony, but I finally fixed a big issue with the Vita in its inability to use micro SD cards. How long after a system stops releasing meaningful games would you say it is okay to start looking into homebrew for it? I mean Vita's basically been dead for three years at this point. Um,
2: yeah, I think it's fair game. Yeah.
1: Like my, my personal like guiding light on this is if there's a chance that the developers will see some money from it, I will attempt to purchase it. Otherwise, eh, Like That seems like the best option I've got. I mean, <laughs> there's
0: still lots of sales on Vita games on PSN. Yeah,
1: you can still pick those up just fine, but I mean like in terms of like especially anything that's like this has been discontinued it's like well if i buy this it's not i'm i'm paying money to whoever owns it i don't particularly it's not going back to who made it <laughs> right. so it becomes like a question of how much do i want to own a physical copy of this
3: yeah
1: But i mean that's that is of course not the official position of RP Gamer, which has no official position on this matter um uh, that is my personal philosophy.
2: Uh, aside from historically not allowing games to be reviewed based on emulated copies,
1: yeah, which is fair. Yeah, those can have strange issues, as it turns out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I still remember my old emulated copy of Bahamut Lagoon that basically lets you level up after every single fight. That
1: is a weird bug. I am curious how that <laughs> happened.
2: Yeah, that was that was somebody. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was a translated ROM hack. Yeah. I think somebody else added in extra stuff to the hack. The problem being that once you hit level 99 the, and the game attempts to level you up oh. again, oh, there no. are issues that happen because of this. Mm. So. So.
1: Yeah. So and it's, it's down to personal. the is
2: still hungry after some crackers, so we're going to have some fruit.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. You okay. got an opinion on this, wheels? Uh basically your opinion. So. <laughs> you appear to be playing uh something mana related.
0: Legend of mana.
1: <laughs> thought so, thought so.
2: Oh yeah, that that was a favorite uh, of my uh, friend group back when I was in college just because several of them were in a Zen class that semester. And some of the stuff that comes out of characters' mouths in Legend of Mana <laughs> sounds like it it sounds like it should be a colon. <laughs> It's like the cow is not here; it is in my head.
1: <laughs> cow so, is in your mind. So,
2: we may be pirates, but um, we be pirates, but we may be turning human, or we may be penguins, but or but we are maybe turning human, something like hmm. that.
1: And one last set of questions from Kroll: Worst musical soundtracks in gaming. Are there any RPGs you like but have to mute the sound? Hmm. hmm. Well, Usually if the if
2: sound's that bad, I'm not playing it anyway,
0: for other reasons. Yeah, I can't think of many in good games that are bad. I can think of some that are kind of boring, but not really, like, I have to turn this off.
1: Like, the only RPG soundtrack I can think of where I'm like, I can't listen to this, is also a game where I'm like, I can't play this. So. Yeah. Which one it's is that? Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Uh, that is I a mean, game... If you've never heard that soundtrack, it's—I've I've ranted about this before. It is sh- shocking that this is an official product and it has this soundtrack.
2: I mean, I looked up some of these questions before, um, well before we started today, mm-hmm. and when I was going to pick up little daughter from nursery school, I was actually having flashbacks to a very old Game Boy game that I haven't played in literally thirty years. <laughs> and I was still remembering random parts of the soundtrack. It was an awful game, but I still remember the music. It's crazy. <laughs> um, did you ever play did you ever hear of Ultima Runes of Virtue? Yes. Oh, yeah! Yes. <laughs> yes, I still remember at least three tracks from that game soundtrack. I played the hell out of that game when <laughs> I was a kid.
1: That so, game is notable for being the only Ultima spin off not developed by Origin Systems that Richard Garriott likes.
0: Ah, uh. Dude, that game kicks ass. Kicks serious ass. I mean, right. it wasn't
2: a bad game. It was just um, its primary rival for my attention at the time um, was Le- Final Fantasy Legend Two. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I mean, it does... okay. they're both they're both pretty decent games, all things considered, with the platform that they were working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but.
1: It does raise the question of an opposite... Uh, I, I will turn this question on its head. What's your favorite soundtrack to a game you don't like playing? Hmm. Because there's a lot of games where it's like, I don't like this game, but I will listen to its soundtrack. you <laughs> Sophie? Hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, one. The, there are a couple of the uh, lesser Italia games that I... I mean, it's hard to find bad music in an Atelier game. Yeah. The mm-hmm. soundtrack was not up to par with the Dusk games at all. I only had one track on it that I really liked, and it was the final boss theme, but it wasn't bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. I'm
2: uh, playing.
0: 3, which isn't yeah. uh, great,
2: but. Has
1: Koga something or other? Yeah.
2: Which uh, is another Gust game, and again, Gust tends to be really good in the music
1: and visuals department. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So, I mean, that's always kind of been their focus.
1: That, I believe it's right around the point where they decided that they were done making Artanelico games, except that they started making like visual novels or something.
0: Well, they also I made um, yeah, um, yeah, CL No yeah, Surge, or No
1: Surge, Arno No so. Surge, and CL No Surge,
2: which were kind of the communication adventure
1: games. Yeah, which uh, even those—it's been like six years since those happened. So, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Artanelco Three was a weird game where they seemed like uh, they got the power to make three D models and they did bad things. And that's all Every I'm going to say on the matter. Every close
1: my eyes, wake up feeling so honey. Yeah, that's get you out of my mind. <sighs> One day, we'll you'll get to. Uh... You'll get to JoJo Part 5, and every episode ending, no matter how dramatic, until, like, halfway mar- the halfway mark of the show, it's going to end <laughs> with uh, Jodecky singing <laughs> "Freaking You. Oh, God. Uh,
3: uh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna...
2: Yes, I understand, yes.
1: Okay. I'm going to end this reverse question by firing <laughs> some shots and saying, Chrono Cross. You're a monster. It's not a bad game, but I don't like playing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh-oh.
2: Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why she is upset now, except for the fact that the fruit ran out. Ah. So, we need something to hold. Okay, one more cracker to hold. I'm not opening this one for you. Here you go. There you go. Keep you happy there. But, um, I was also thinking, um, if we're expanding this into just basic sound effects, um, I remember this one Game Boy Advance game called Yokaido, which had a lot of issues, but one of them was that it used that typewriter effect whenever somebody was doing dialogue. And it was really, really annoying, and it could not be turned off but if you set the text speed to maximum, it just ended in one big burst.
1: Yeah, and at least you're free of the typewriting.
2: Still really annoying, and that was one of the few games where I actually had to go to Mac and say, I'm never going to be able to finish this game. This is about how far I've gotten into it. Can I still do a review?
1: Had to <laughs> seek permission.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Never seen a... G- okay, I think H- Hosh- um, Whatever was the the really awful n- Nintendo game we were talking about a while back was probably... Oh, she- yeah, I think it was probably... That one was probably worse than this, but I personally have never seen a game that made it so difficult to heal everybody.
1: <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. Especially not a Pokemon clone.
1: Yeah. Weird. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. uh, okay. yeah, uh phew, Trying to think of like. Yeah, I can't think of any that it's just like. Oh, I I can't have the sound on for this video game. Eventually, I will usually get sick of games with repetitive enough soundtracks, and then I'll probably just turn on a podcast or something. But uh, yeah, uh, that,
0: that I was like that with Agarest War the one time I played it, but thankfully the game was
2: awesome. That
1: game is
0: just
2: complete garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I usually play with the sound off nowadays just because I'm doing it in the evening. I don't want to wake anybody up.
1: Yeah. That's why all my game playing involves uh, headphones. (laughs) It's also why
2: I usually have to listen to the soundtracks on YouTube a couple times if I'm writing a new review. Just to make sure I got the right impression. Because I kind of had to um, completely rewrite the paragraph or two on music in Tales of Innocence. (laughs) <laughs> review because yeah my, my initial just uh, fill it in paragraph was so off the mark <sighs> yeah
1: but, uh, yeah so I think that's that's about what we've got for our uh, strident sound of crack opinions And Kroll uh, puts forward that they do not have a PC capable of playing Wonderful 101, so do not consider them in contention for the Steam key.
0: Oh, that's right, that thing. (laughs) Did did anyone mention that they want it?
1: No, Kroll only mentioned that they did not. (laughs) (laughs) Not because they didn't want to play it, but because their PC would not run it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, if anyone so, wants it, just mention it in the comments and yeah, uh, I'll make pick sure... a random person after some time.
1: Let me make sure that there's nothing in the Discord. Some Diddy Kong racing discussion happened. I don't remember why. I probably brought it up for no reason. <laughs> uh, uh, what dot-hack game should I start with, having not played any of them? Grab the GU collection on PS4 that's or Steam. That's all you need. Like, the... the you get context from the first four games, but they don't play too good. They will turn you off if you just play them. If you find you interesting and want background context, play them, but they're also super expensive now, especially and quarantine.
0: Also, watch uh, dot, dot Hex
1: Sign. Love sign is a very oddly uh, the word I'm looking for. Cerebral? Yeah, Cerebral, hey, we are on the same way Wheels, <laughs> a very strangely Cerebral anime that is mostly a rumination about the kind of person that would, like, what kinds of people seek out MMOs and what they're seeking out when they play them. Yeah, it's, it's shockingly deep. <laughs> it's very strange, yeah. it's, it's
2: very interesting. It's that
1: Sword Art Online is not. It, like... <laughs> The thing that makes Dot Hack Sign crazy is that it feels like the thing that you would produce after being inundated with years of that kind of show, yeah. and it predates all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Dot uh, Hack Sign
2: failed to learn from it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Does it None predate Wow? Asked... Uh, yes, because it's from 2003.
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: it's fascinating like it's it's a very odd show i know several people who have bounced off it entirely but it's totally in it's a very interesting show and i recommend seeing it and if you want to know uh the origins of certain characters in gu it uh it will not be clear how it's explaining that but when you get far enough in gu it will become clear um let's see uh uh, yeah, some some people in the Discord had brought this up. And, uh, uh, yeah, like this is how the GU games are arranged and all that. But, yeah. So, you know, GU would be my immediate recommendation. The games are kind of the version of these stories. Like, there's a lot of... Like, there's a manga adaptation of the first four games, but it changes literally the entire latter half of the plot. Um there are like movie adaptations of the GU games that are very bad. Uh GU itself has a prequel anime that is not as interesting as dot <laughs> Uh it's mostly set up but it's unnecessary setup like everything you need to know about the cast of GU will become clear by playing GU. Uh, so yeah. Uh not a formal question to the podcast but it was in the Q&A quest section so Hopefully you end up hearing this, uh, and then our good friend uh, Platy M3 started showing off his uh, beta games.
3: <laughs>
1: nice. Uh, let's see, playing DQ. I assume this is DQ11. I would be very weirded out if you're playing DQ10, but then I would want to. Eh, you might actually be playing DQ10, knowing you. Uh...
0: <laughs> you can you can play it. I I've installed on my Switch and actually been able to start it up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an odd game. I'll be interested to hear opinions on that. Two games that require a lot of brain power to understand, but when I'm done, with uh, done, which one can I Vita and Chill with this summer? Combat System is my number one. And I'm seeing Adelir Aisha plus, Adelir Shaley plus, Adelir Tatori plus, Adelir Verona plus, Adelir this- Merudu Me- Me- plus, Adelir Esha and Loki plus, Adelir Sophie and Adelir Fierce and you guys will know better than I Uh, play all those
0: except the last two
1: wow (laughs) Gaijin any opinions
2: um I kind of lost track at one point
1: basically all of the all of the Arlen games all of the dust games
2: oh oh that thing on the main okay I did see that on discord
1: um
2: okay hmm well primarily looking for combat Atari has the best combat Okay. Of the Dusk trilogy, they they all have a very similar combat engine which is pretty good. Um, and you you might as well take those in order. Ash Eschatology and Shallies. Um, Sophie loses most of the interesting parts of its battle system. Ah, so basically
1: don't play that one. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. yeah not, not unless you really not unless you really like the the item creation aspect.
1: Yeah, so Sophie and Pheras less interesting from a combat perspective. Yes,
2: yeah. and from a writing perspective too, just
1: generally less interesting games, yes,
2: yeah, I mean, the series has had its dips and rises before, and it's a dip,
1: yeah, yeah. it seems like they're not, on the not rise the worst
2: again, one so. they've not even the worst one they've ever had, but still yeah,
1: yeah, at the very least, it seems they're like they're on the rise again, so yeah, people seem to like the fourth Arlen game and the and yeah, rise is, is very too. popular, so. But yeah, and that clears us out. We've hit the Discord. We've hit all the questions.
2: Yay. So I, you know, I, I should probably try to plug some stuff right now. Yeah, I pinch hit for plugging for you last week. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, no, I just, I'm on, uh, I think, day three of a five-day free book giveaway.
1: Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter. I need to take advantage yeah. of that.
2: <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, please. Um, I actually tried some different things with Like newsletter advertising this time and cost me a bit. And have I mean, if I was actually doing it for half price instead of free for this one, I might have actually recouped a bit on it now. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm hoping that some people will enjoy the first episode enough that they'll go on and buy the second and third, or eighth or ninth. Uh, Finally,
1: shareware books.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I figure if Paizo can work on a subscription model, might as well try it here. Yeah. So uh, yeah,
1: that would be Princesses of pizza parlor.
2: Yes. Michael Yarimizu, Uh on Twitter, Michael Yaremizu. I've been spelling that. Um.
1: Try before
2: you buy. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah I you're not really hungry, you know, you just see the food,
1: okay? You're not really hungry. We've all been there.
2: Yes. Yep, yep. But yeah, yeah. So, so far, the uh, the giveaway's doing pretty well for giving away stuff, which is actually kind of positive, because the last time I tried this, I didn't do nearly as well with figuring out how to advertise for it, and I failed to give away free stuff.
1: Which was that's, pretty, that's a, that's really a hard
2: depressing. feeling to have. <laughs> yeah. That was really depressing last summer, let me tell you. <laughs> Oi. so I can't even give it away. Oh, no. But doing better this time... Um, looking at the numbers here I am somewhere over a thousand copies given away for free nice
1: that's bound to yeah. convert at least a few people
2: yeah and exactly one book bought beyond that eh. but somebody's reading through several of the other episodes on Kindle um, on <laughs> Kindle unlimited so well,
1: you, get, you see something off of that as well yes
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: so there's our plugs uh, comments section is where questions live also the discord as we have seen
0: <laughs> also if you want this yeah. code for wonderful 101
1: you have to ask for it yes yeah. anyway
0: I'm going to have to sign out now because
2: we have an unhappy little toddler okay,
1: okay. good
2: to hear from you okay go see you speed. later bye bye
1: questions go in comment section or the discord uh, we promise we will read them. Uh, ask me about Wild Arms. That's probably what I'm playing after uh, Lunar. Or ask me about Lunar 2, because I've now played every version of Lunar 1 and 2.
0: Nice. I'm broken. I'm going to throw some the Wild Arms intro music in on this episode now.
1: Oh, man. Throw the second intro of Wild Arms 2 as the outro. Sure. I freaking love that, and I don't think a lot of people end up hearing that it has a second intro song. That starts when when you hit the second disc, it starts playing a second intro song, like it's an anime that's hit its second season. Oh, nice! And it's uh, man, I really love like the first half of that intro. The song is just build up, and then the second half is just like it going nuts on the horns, and I freaking love it specifically the U.S. intro. The Japanese intro has uh, vocals much like Wild Arms 1 did. And in both cases, I just like the mu- mood of the instrumental form more, where they just replaced uh, the uh, vocals with some sort of Wild West-appropriate instrument- instrumentation. So. I'll, I'll be sure to link you that so that you have a place to rip uh, the MP. Yes, please. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, ask me about those, and then once I've finished Wild Arms 1 and 2, I'll probably play Breath of Fire 3 so that I can intelligently <laughs> converse with one of our most frequent questioners oh, about I'm s- it. I'm sorry, I just had some mild stomach discomfort that was totally unrelated. I will be much kinder than we all will be. Um, but, yeah, so, there we go. Um, otherwise, see you, Space Cowboy.